Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby. Got to launch it. He does. Left side into the end zone. Jump ball. Oh, my goodness. It's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. Hello and welcome into another edition of Cardinals Corner. I can see the smile on Tyler Drake's face as we come in off a fresh new intro cardinal season really getting started when cardinals corner gets an intro i think that's what the old saying is tyler yeah how are you feeling after hearing that i mean it's hard not to be hyped yeah i'm pretty jacked that was that was awesome shout out to uh, jv and dom for doing that for jv us. and dom putting yeah. together the voiceover i mean it feels different like we feel official now i feel like it's kind of been like maybe they were Thinking about, hey, maybe that Cardinals corner isn't going to be making it, you know? Maybe no. they're maybe they're not going to make it to the end. Maybe they're going to be like the actual Arizona Cardinals. They'll start hot and then they'll fade off into the distance. But no, I think we made it here, and they're like, all right, we got to reward them. Yep, we yep. got to give them a proper intro, and it is very proper, especially when you're talking some preseason action, a record-setting game for the Baltimore Ravens again, again, as they break their own record. Ugh. That's the weirdest. That is just the weirdest win streak. 22 straight it's not preseason weird, wins. Can I tell you why it's not weird? Why? And by the way, that's Tyler Drake, the Cardinals reporter for <laughs> ArizonaSports.com. I'm Eric Ruby, 987FM's afternoon contributor, here to give you an instant reaction to the preseason game two. Cardinals losing to the Baltimore Ravens. And the reason why we said it's record-setting, that's 22 straight preseason victories for the Ravens, which everybody is everybody's freaking out about, which understandably so it's definitely strange but i don't think it's unexpected because you hear every single person in baltimore talk about how they play their preseason games yeah. they're all like nah we legitimately take this seriously yeah. like you wouldn't catch lamar jackson calling plays at the no, end of the ravens because they're game, trying to win games up. well actually maybe the cardinals should have kyler call plays <laughs> if they're trying to win games but but no i mean even trace mcsorley who played for the ravens and was a part of a couple of those wins even said like yeah they you can tell that they go and he even brought out the old herm edwards you know you play to win the game exactly the edwardsism you play ASU to win shaking. the game Shaking it. I'm sorry, ASU fans. I know you probably came here as like a safe space yeah. from ASU. I don't want to trigger reporting. anybody. <laughs> so we're going to move on. Uh, but yeah, the Baltimore Ravens are a preseason juggernaut and they take it very seriously. You could tell by the way they were playing. Oh, yeah. Like this was a good test for some of the guys because this is probably the closest thing to real live game action you're going to be able to simulate yep. before you get into the season because joint practice is great, which they're going to start with the Titans. But. Joint practice is in a game, and preseason game three, or the last game of the preseason, is usually one that, let's be honest, people put the least amount of stock in, which is kind of crazy for preseason, which people already don't put a lot of stock in, but the Ravens play it like it's an actual game. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think it's surprising that they've won 22 straight, because how crazy is it that everybody else isn't trying, isn't caring, and then they can take advantage of that. But that doesn't give an excuse, because... You should still try to go out there and win the game. So, yeah, hundred percent. That I guess you know what it's really got me in a circle. So I guess it is no, the weirdest I, streak in all of sports. It, it's because just, I'm it's trying weird. to explain it, and it's not working. It's weird. It doesn't count. 
And it's like, yeah, take the <laughs> take the moral, take the moral victories, take the, you know, we're we're in a live game setting setting, we're doing everything this way. Like at the end of the day, it doesn't count. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler are like, yeah, I remember when I celebrated wins at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Rookies. <laughs> Look at where that got us. Look, look, it's hard because we're about to actually talk about like takes from the preseason and what you can digest from it. And it's all under this umbrella of a little bit of ridiculousness, especially when the starters aren't playing. But there are some guys who are on the edge of this Cardinals roster who come week one could be getting some playing time and could be actually making an impact. That's how thin a couple of these rooms or how competitive a couple of these rooms are. It's really either or. So let's start with some competition. Let's start with the good, Tyler. When I say a good takeaway from the Arizona Cardinals from preseason game two lost to the Ravens, you say... I would have to say it's going to be Kyler Murray's play calling, as crazy as that might sound, and you all might be screaming like we don't need to hear this anymore. Clickbait! There we go. Like it, Plain and simple, the, the offense looked a lot better. Really, both sides of the football looked better when Kyler put the headset on and kind of got the momentum back on the Cardinals' side. And Outside of that, I would say... And here we go. Here's another one. You guys are probably going to be screaming into your radio again or wherever you listen. Uh, Andy Isabella had a uh, dude had a, another good game. I, look, everybody's saying, hey, you know, he's playing to get traded, which is which is fine as long as you're playing for something. If playing to get traded is what makes Andy Isabella something in this league, then by all means, play like you need to be traded. And he walked in with the uh, the special drink or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he's he's acting like he is on this roster. But I mean, hey. Be in there. I guess you have to, right? Yeah, and you have to have that confidence yep. in yourself. And yeah, he finished with five catches, fifty-four yards. He was the second second uh, leading receiver on the team behind Victor Bolden, who had five catches for sixty-six yards. Uh, had eight targets, but he also had a couple of uh, he got a couple defensive pass interference uh, called his way, and that really set up the team too. So say what you will about him, but that, and that's the thing you're showcasing yourself for not only the Cardinals but thirty-one other teams, and if you can get something out of Andy instead of cutting him or yeah getting nothing for him why not let him shine in the preseason I mean back to getting something out of him look if he's taking this really well and I think Kingsbury said I think it was on his post game that he's very impressed with how Isabella's handled camp yeah and and I mean even this in general like and even Andy uh, post game like we talked to him in the locker room and and he said a lot of good things about how you know he's learning from this and, and hopefully it's not over but He's still going out and giving it his all and trying to make it one play at a time. And, and, you know, it sounds like he's matured a little bit and taking it more of uh, not so much of I'm not going to see the field of just I need to learn from my mistakes. I need to get better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you can see that, you know, you can see that he's one of the guys out there still running 100 percent on a preseason game. And that's the thing. It's if if this is the situation the Cardinals are in right now. You can't really ask for anything more just because you might actually get something for this guy. You want to talk about how deep a couple rooms are, and we'll probably get to a couple running backs later in the good and in the bad, but how deep is this wide receiver room where you've got guys like Greg Dortch who's making plays in preseason, and you're like, oh man, we can maybe see this guy contribute, and then possibly, maybe, if I'm not getting too far ahead of myself, Andy Isabella, look, if if injuries hit, and you've got a guy with legs on your team and somebody else isn't biting, he could not completely fulfill the numbers or be as good as, but step into the Hollywood Brown routes, tell the dude to run straight down the field as fast (laughs) as possible, and have Kyler Murray the most, if not one of, maybe the most deep, accurate quarterback in the league, Mm -hmm. just throw to one of the fastest players on the team. 
it could work. I'm not saying and, 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 and let's remember into that basket, but it's it's okay to have that tool as your very last one to reach for in the bag, yeah. and everything else is either broken or not working. And let's remember, there's going to be and they need another set of hands with Hopkins suspended and. I mean, hey, if there's another injury, and I mean, who knows what, what's up with Antoine Wesley right. still? Like, there, he might very well get a spot because there's injuries and a suspension to deal with. And so. what derailed the Cardinals last season, among a lot of things? Yeah, injuries. Injuries. Yeah, that's the big one. Just have the most bodies that can actually contribute. Mm-hmm. And Andy Isabella has an NFL skill and NFL quality, and that's his speed. Does he need to work on everything else? Yes, but it seems like he has been doing that. Again, I'm not going to say, hey, he's going to be my third or fourth or fifth but or he, sixth wide receiver, but he could yeah. be something. And he didn't come into training camp sulking or doing like he came in and worked and is and got work in and now is showing it in the preseason games. So look, Andy Isabella was good for a preseason game for somebody that a lot of people had relatively low expectations for. Uh, somebody a lot of people have very high expectations for is Kyler Murray, who, like you said, called plays. It's in your good column. Yeah. A lot of online jokes about how good the offense looked <laughs> under Kyler yeah. and how not great it looked under Cliff. Yeah. Look, all jokes aside, I know it's cool that Kyler's doing this. It's kind of fun. Is there any kind of stock that you can put into it, or is it just a kind of a preseason gimmick? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's it's not... it's. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think it's helping in a way of keeping him involved. Cliff has talked about it a lot of just keeping him involved in some way. And then if that's putting the headset on and seeing what you can do with the offense, go for it. It's like we said earlier, preseason games don't count. And don't, tell, him, don't tell that to the Ravens, but they don't count. It gives him a different perspective, like he said. <clears throat> he talked about the challenges after the first time that he called plays and how he felt out of control and maybe being able to see the game through Cliff's eyes. I mean, Kyler's obviously a quick learner. By the second time he took over, he was doing pretty well. And again, it's a preseason game, but you're still calling plays on an NFL level. Yeah. And you probably want your quarterback to do that. A lot of retired quarterbacks are offensive coordinators yep. at a lot of different capacities and different levels. So getting him eyes on that when you can. And at least if you're not going to use your starters on the field, at least keep them mentally and physically engaged. Yeah. So that's but I mean, and here's the thing too: is is to that. I mean, Cliff even said after the game. I mean, he was he, he seemed like he was more excited. Kyler was more excited than uh, that he called a touchdown scoring drive than he was for throwing a touchdown. So that I mean, that right what there, a terrible teammate. If God, you can what a keep, terrible leader. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and he dropped oh, the, he dropped the L word leader a couple oh, yeah. times too. And uh, but that's what you could see. I mean, even from the press box, he's talking to both of his quarterbacks. He's you know he's engaged. He's doing what a lot of people wanted him to do, expected him to do, and hey, that's another step of being a leader, which everybody, I feel, seems like it has to happen overnight, but it's not going to. As funny, as much fun as we could poke as the Kyler leader stuff, like, there is things in boxes that he has to check in order to maybe change the narrative and the perspective of him, and he's doing that. And as small or insignificant as it seems to maybe the outside media or people want to do Call of Duty jokes on it or talk about whatever they want with him, right? Like... He's still doing the things that if like Russell Wilson was doing this, what a great stand up leader. Patrick Mahomes, wow. Josh Allen. Tom Brady's would, not even with his team. It would be leading <laughs> headlines everywhere if if another quarterback of their, you know, abilities did this. Yeah. But and yeah, that I think that's just that's where we are. But yeah, I mean, you gotta give him credit. He was engaged. He's not just there like, okay, yeah, run this. Like he's he wants his team to win the game or at least score some points. I wanna see how far they're willing to go with this. 
Don't even have Cliff show up to Game 3. <laughs> I mean, Cliff even talked about it. He's like, I mean, if I could pick my job, it, it's a lot easier not calling plays, but he wouldn't get paid for it. So. Yeah, but, <laughs> no, but like honestly, like just throw a little wrinkle in it, or maybe just put him up top, put him, <laughs> put mm-hmm. him off the field. Like, just, hey, everybody, this is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is your head coach. For the evening. Well, let's take it away, K1. So here's the thing. So third quarter, like minute and 57 seconds, he came in and started doing the headset with with the headset on. So let's see half of the third quarter on in preseason game three, maybe a full half. Oh, we put a line on it. A full half. Do you think Kyler Murray calls over or under a half of football in game three? One and a half. You think he's going to call over? I think he's going to go. I think under. No, no, no. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm saying, oh, like, okay. The over under is one half, half of the third and there's the fourth. Halves, yeah, there's dude, a lot of halves. It is 11 30 <laughs> on Sunday night, and you're having me do fractions. Yep. Fractions. Got to keep you on your toes, man. Well, I'm on my toes, but I'm not handling this well. Math really puts me in a tizzy. Uh, let's get back to football, please, because that's why we are here. Yes. Another good Greg Dorch we talked about it, but Jonathan Ward, somebody yeah. else who. He left with an injury, but somebody who could, a couple weeks into the season, even week one, make his presence felt just through his special teams play, which he flashed today, and of course also just his athleticism and his legs coming out of the backfield. I think Ward did a really good job at submitting his spot as the fourth running back, or at least just submitting his spot on the team as one of the running backs they're going to keep, because special teams was there, he had that great catch, looked pretty decent running the ball, but here's where he stood out. He was returning the ball. Keontae Ingram was blocking. Yeah. And he was not blocking very well in special teams. <laughs> I think missed two blocks. Luckily, Cameron Thomas came in, blocked, yeah. and uh, gave Ward that huge hole. But Keontae Ingram did not do enough for me on special teams to warrant a spot. And I think that's what it's going to come down to at the end of the day. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the running back room. Eno Benjamin. Another. He's in your bad list. Another unimpressive... So right now you think that the end of the running back room is coming down to Keontae Ingram and Eno Benjamin? No. No? No. You think Eno's solidified in there? Yeah, he's okay. top three. But yeah. I mean, Daryl like sure. Williams didn't do anything. Daryl Williams saw the field. Yeah, but he didn't do anything. I mean, par for the course with his training camp performance so far. I mean, nothing against him. We just, we like literally when you tweeted that Daryl Williams is going on the field, that was the first time that I saw yeah. Daryl Williams' name. Since he signed with the Cardinals, if it wasn't a where is Daryl Williams tweet, nothing actually related to him playing football. One rush, three yards. That was Daryl Williams' night. But also, he had a thousand yards from scrimmage last season. This is preseason, <laughs> so like at the end, like, are we putting too much stock in this? Like, is it really going to matter that Keontae Ingram and Jonathan Ward are doing these specific things in preseason? Is it, or is Daryl yeah. Williams just that guy already? Yeah, and this is just all of us speculating. Mm-hmm. But uh, added on that injury front too, by the way, uh, Marquise Hayes did not dress today right. from apparent uh, minor knee, as what Cliff said. So that's something to watch going into next week. And somebody who had been injured, who did see the field, Trey McBride, oh. had an underwhelming performance. I thought it was going to be Trey Day, and it was not Trey Day. <laughs> In fact, it was a different tight ends day. Uh, oh, God. but let's uh, likely not. That get was it. very likely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And we, we both just looked at each other like, let's both make the worst joke of all time at the same time. And that's how you know we're on the same page, yep. Tyler. Yep. We're in the same Cardinals corner together. But hey, Christian Matthew leading the uh, defense with seven tackles. Yeah, he played well. He yeah. just imagined everybody else was D-hop and <laughs> went out there and played like it. But I, 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 okay, we can talk about Christian Matthew, but I, I do want to talk about McBride first. Yeah. Because the first tight end taken off the board, like... And what was likely like the eighth or ninth tight yeah. end taken off? He, the board? he outperformed him and like, okay, cool, the Ravens take this more seriously. But if I'm a rookie, if I'm Trey McBride, who missed week one, has been out with a, all sorts of back issues, and people, a lot of people, are questioning why my team took me where they did. But I've also been touted as somebody with great hands and can make this impact and is going to open up the offense and can maybe run two tight end sets with Zach Ertz. Like, I need you to show me more. Yeah, I mean, he only had two targets, though. So it's not, I think it was more on McSorley's kind of rough first half, too. Or are they also not, like, incorporating him? Like, again, you're the first round pick. Like, the offense, it shouldn't run through you because you're a tight end. Like, the offense isn't going to run through you. But. He was the only tight end on the Cardinals that had a uh, target, though. Really, the only one. So I mean that that shows you right there what they were going. That that was their game plan the yeah, whole you know, all that's along. True. Yeah, that's true. So I guess, what what do you think? Next but here's game, the thing. Though, like, but is then you use next game. But like? then you look at Isaiah Likely's stats, and it's eight targets, eight catches, hundred yards, and a touchdown. It's like that's that's maybe not that full body of work, but that is some of what you wanted to see out of Trey today. Yeah, you wanted you wanted to see something, and look. Maybe that they were just giving him some live action reps. Maybe his back really wasn't ready to be turning and catching and running and being the the target of somebody running and tackling him. Maybe they're being precautious that way. But look, they're probably going to need him week one. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what Max Williams is going to be doing mm-hmm. for this team at all this season. Like, I can't bank on Max Williams at mm-hmm. any point. Like, I'd love to, and I'd love to see him. Yeah, he's ahead of schedule, but too. that doesn't mean but that he's going to play week one every snap that he needs to. There are football players that are ahead of schedule, and then they don't see the field for, like, half of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Like, things happen. Mm-hmm. I need to see you play football first. So, this guy could come out here, and if he is something, if he is somebody that you can run some sort of offense through, or, or God forbid, Zach Ertz gets an injury, mm-hmm. tweaks something. Which, I mean, he's still dealing with a calf. Right. Apparently. And, like, if that's serious, or if that's. And he has and congr- congratulations yeah. to him. Yeah. By Shout the out to him congratulations. for the Congratulations. Yep. Um, but to more important things, as in preseason football. Um, Hold on. That's a heck of a name, though. Madden. Madden. That's a great yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any chance you're going to go back and change Brady's middle name no. to Madden? No. No. Uh, it's not really for a girl's name. No, I know. I I knew a girl named Madden. Okay. It was M A D D Y N. Okay. And then you call her Maddie. No, she went by Madden. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's, uh, the only reason I remember the only reason I remember is because her name was Madden. I was like, I've never heard somebody's name be Madden before. Yeah. Until Zach Ertz has his child, but. I don't even know what we're talking about now. We just got derailed by <laughs> Zachary <Jay> Madden. <laughs> Zachary. No, we're just talking about McBride and just he needs to. I just to, I need to see something. Yeah. And like somebody I also needed to see something out of was Zaven Collins. And to oh. his credit, I, I, hey, there were a yeah. couple moments. Look, we, we can't pick and choose when it comes no. to Zaven Collins yeah, we moments. Yeah. We, we'll give you the full story and we'll say that he was not great. And not this world beater. But he was but he way better than he was the first game. He had a couple moments. Yeah. 
Like he blew up a couple plays. Oh yeah, he had a huge monster tackle, open field tackle. He just lit the guy up, and he looked a lot faster. I even tweeted that out. Like he looked like he was not thinking as much as he was just going and doing. And and then you know the next series he came out, he was a little shaky, had a couple of uh, lapses. But I think as a whole, I think the whole team just struggled defensively for that for most of the game up until the end of the third quarter fourth quarter and to be fair to McBride that's part of the reason why likely was cooking there was a couple times where you're like ooh, maybe he shouldn't have gotten those yards maybe he shouldn't have been that open maybe he shouldn't have been able to make that play because the Cardinals defense they did not put together an inspiring performance I mean Christian Matthew like there was some bright spots but there wasn't like a wow no like I mean they played pretty good against the Bengals. I mean, Dimakeji had had another yeah, play. He, he stacked. He, he stacked. He, he made his name known, which, if you're Victor Dimakeji, like, that's what you gotta come out here, and that's what you have to do. I saw some people saying that they wouldn't be they wouldn't be bummed if he ends up getting more playing time opposite Marcus Golden. Like, they, he's changing Why a not? lot of people's perspectives on it's not just these rookie guys and, and Dennis Gardeck and maybe Devon Kennard. Well, the rookie guys haven't really been making their presence known that way. Like, it's been DMKJ. It's been Gardeck. Played a lot of special teams. Yeah, that is true. I thought Gardeck... Lucada played pretty good, too, man. He had a a couple of good uh, coverages. Like, just was able to get out there and and made some good plays. I mean, I wonder who can actually be a pluggable piece in this defense because you'd have to imagine a lot of people are going to be moving around. I Mm -hmm. mean, Isaiah Simmons, obviously, is going to be moving around. Zayvon Collins... You don't know if he's going to be out on the field, if we're being completely honest. We can't assume he's going to be. That's the plan. But that was the plan last year. The plan was actually to have him do a lot more last year. And that didn't happen. So what? If we see Zayvon come out in Game 3 and he improves a little bit and he's not great, but he's still getting better, I mean, that's going to inspire some hope in me. Yeah. If there's a pattern, if there's progress and he just needs to get through the nerves, get through the nerves, man. Maybe that's what it is. Just get through the nerves. Like that's he, why we started potting so early. We started potting right after they lost to the Rams, which is probably the worst time to start a Cardinals podcast. <laughs> but what do we do? Yep, work out work the keys. It. We get there, and now we're talking about preseason game two at eleven thirty at night, and we're finishing each other's sentences. Yeah, you know that's how you get here. You make the mistakes. <laughs> yeah, you have to learn from the mistakes. All the trials and tri- tribulations, like Andy said today, like you got to learn from all that stuff. Maybe he could use some of Andy's uh, special Se- yeah. stuff, yeah, secret sauce, uh, secret yeah, sauce, special, special juice, stuff, whatever. whatever Andy Isabella had. I mean, he looked yoked in that picture. I mean, all credit to him. I mean, yeah. this is going to be renamed Andy Isabella's Cardinals Corner Podcast, brought to you by Arizona Sports. <laughs> it's a long name, but I think it'd be worth it. All right, what else do you want to talk about about this game? You were there. You saw it with your own eyes. You talked to people. Was there anything post-game that somebody said or a single play or a player or somebody we haven't talked about that going into this next week of joint camp and then, of course, preseason game three and eventually game one of the regular season? Is there a name right now that's standing out to you that hasn't been mentioned? Um, I think just from this game would be Chandler Wooten, the linebacker. He had an interception that really almost turn the tide of that game to either a tie or Cardinals maybe coming out with that. Well, I mean, Cliff even said if they score the touchdown at the end, they were going for two to try to win. So that uh, that guy for sure, I think he was uh, he was all over the place and, and he was second on the team with six tackles and had the pick and looked good. I mean, it, it's a stacked room, but that's the kind of stuff where again you're not show, you're not only showcasing for your team you're on right now you're showcasing for 31 other guy or other squads so that's something to watch uh, other than that what about the corners a lot of people talk about the corners <sighs> yeah I mean I, a lot of people worried about the corners I think Christian Matthew was all over the field I think there was a couple times where he was right there but just maybe a half a second too slow so it was encouraging I don't think it was as 
big of a wow moment, even though he led the team in tackles. It wasn't as big of a wow as game one, but that was all right. And then uh, Josh Jackson, you know, I thought he had an okay game. I think he had a couple mistakes there. Uh, was almost, I mean, they threw a really good ball on a touchdown that he just barely missed. And that was a little mm, glaring, even though it probably really wasn't his guy at the end of it. I think they're in zone, but uh, that was something that stood out. But other than that, I, I would say, you know, Jonathan Ward just keeps stacking. Victor Dimikaji keeps stacking. And here's the big question that everybody's asking Are the Cardinals going to keep three quarterbacks still? <sighs> I mean, not, not the best performance from Trace McSorley, but a decent one from Jerry G. Is there any chance to keep three quarterbacks and it's not Trace McSorley? No, I don't think Kyler so. Murray. And I think that's I think a reason why Cliff gave Trace that extra extended time was to get a couple extra looks. I mean, he had 229 yards. He was 18 for 34, had two picks. So, I mean, not the best showing, but I still think at the end of the day it would be him over Jarrett. I mean, I think if Jarrett... But is, gets, it, is it somebody else making the roster over one of them? Because there are it some... It could be a running back. There, that's the thing. There are some rooms where... Could be another linebacker. Exactly. You either need Could be another cornerback. Or you need to have another weapon there. Like, maybe you need to keep an extra wide receiver with D-Hop gone for the first couple of weeks. Maybe you need to get another tight end. Yep. Because maybe Trey McBride's back is going to no, be a bigger they, problem. No, they can't get another tight end. <laughs> maybe they do. No, the room is... No. That's what they said before <laughs> the draft. That's what they said before the draft. Hey, they can't get a tight end they don't need a tight end they're gonna tight end no nope. steven anderson would do it yeah I psycho guess. psycho could step in and get Psych- a couple catches hey, talk about somebody whose name that we should have been saying this whole time psycho I he did him. he did a great i will say this like totally off off of what we're talking about but he had a great interview the other day where he <laughs> came out <laughs> not speaking in english and had all of us just like what, what was he speaking in i believe it'd be german I need to do that to start a podcast. I just need to don't come hold, in like, don't don't quote me on that, but I believe it was. I need to come here like <laughs> speaking French or something, and just really throw you off. But I need to like know like actually talk about like Eno Benjamin, but in French. Okay, I think this podcast has maybe been going on for too long. It's eleven forty at night. Yeah, uh, and but yeah, yeah. I guess I guess the next <laughs> I'm thing about, is I'm talking about Eno Benjamin in French. Yeah, and I think we, let's get it back on the track. Let's let's land smoothly as we get into this work week. I mean, it's okay. It's preseason, and we're meant to be having fun. Yep. But there's real good stuff that you can get at T Drake for Sports, yep. Tyler Drake's Twitter account. Yep. You can follow him. You can follow the podcast at AZ Cards Corner. You can follow myself at EricRuby987. Of course, you can catch all of Tyler's amazing work on ArizonaSports.com where he's going to put the good, the bad, the ugly of Cardinals preseason, regular season, maybe even postseason if they get there. Tyler Drake's going to be with you the entire way. And so will Cardinals Corner. So keep it here. Give us five stars. Subscribe. And remember, we'll see you after game three. And until then, enjoy football. Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Eric Ruby.